You're listening to You're listening to the to a Beer O'Clock the Beer O'Clock Show. You're listening to the Beer O'Clock Show. It's Beer O'Clock, this is the Beer O'Clock Show, and it's great to be back for our eighth season, which is going to be our biggest yet. My name's Mark, and joining me, chomping at the bit with his beerless in hand, it's my beer buddy Steve. Hello, Steve. Hi, Mark. How you doing? <laughs> Very excited, boy. I'm extremely excited. It feels like <laughs> ages since we've recorded a show. It, it, it literally feels like months. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so this is the first episode of season eight, and if you haven't have if you haven't had a look at the beer list yet, you can find it on our website at beerclockshow.co.uk. It's twenty beers long. And that doesn't is include it? that doesn't include the homebrew special, <laughs> and we can't wait to have you drinking them alongside us. So be sure to check them out and find out where you can get the beers from. This week's episode features two of those beers, so we're going to knock them off at a steady pace. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've got Tiny Rebels Kutch, which won Camera Champion Beer of Britain at the recent GBBF. We'll talk about that more when we get to it. And 1402 Y-E-T from Brew by Numbers. But before we get to the beers, mate, how's your summer been? Well, as a direct contrast to yours, mate, mine's been really beery. Um, <laughs> I, I know you've, you have you seem to have been on an abstinence program since we finished Season 7. Yeah, I kind of went off the beer in the hopes of I might lose some weight. It didn't work. <laughs> I think, I think there's well, another you cause. you can't blame the beer, can no, you? there's another cause somewhere. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you've not really drunk very much, have you? Apart from the, the day where we got together in the summer to do a little bit of recording. Um, I, I think those were your, your only beers this summer, weren't they? Oh, and the um, the live lock-in. Oh, of course the Which, lock-in. I, yes. I got my summer's worth into that night, I'll tell you what. Mate, I, honestly, I don't think I've ever seen you sit, drink so much in one sitting. <laughs> I, I was incredibly impressed the following morning. Yeah, I, I was I was doing involuntary laps of the bedroom when I, whenever I stood up during the night. <laughs> Rolling Brilliant. around. That was a great event, though. That was uh, that, I was going to bring that up as one of my highlights of the the summer. Was was at, at the time what we thought was going to be the final lock in, um, but halfway through we decided that actually we might do them again. Yeah, because we're having too much fun. Yeah, it, it it was a good one, and people can watch that back. It's up on the website. Um, there was some really good debate on the last one, and there was some incredible beers drunk as as well. So that yeah. was certainly uh, certainly one of my highlights of the summer, mate. So I've got a few others. I've I've, I've had to make a list okay. because it has been quite a beery summer for sure. me. So um, first up, well, right back at the beginning of summer, um, was sent some beers by a, a new brewery called Uprising who are actually part of the um, Windsor and Eaton Brewery. They're kind mm-hmm. of like their craft offshoot. That They sent me two of their, their new beers called White Riot and Treason. Now, White Riot was, was so new, in fact, that it was actually sent in a plastic bottle with a screw-top lid um, because they had literally poured it straight out of the keg into these bottles. They had no intention of kegging it, and they just wanted to get it out to a few people to try to drink. Mate, it was an absolute stunner of, of a beer. Um, it really was. It was like kind of a white IPA kind of wheat hybrid type thing, but it had lots of really uh, orangey flavours going on in there. A really, really enjoyable drink. And, and the other one they sent through was Treason, which was an IPA. And again, it was everything that I look for in a high PA. It was really hot forward, uh, really flavoursome. So it was really just to say, if you see the Uprising brand anyway, give it a go because it's well worth um, a, a shout. 
so so that was one of my early summer highlights um then kind of more towards the middle of the summer i went to the london craft beer festival um which was the first time i've been to this one this was one at the oval space in bethnal green mm -hmm. where where you pay a fee to get in and then you don't buy beer when you're in there nice. um you get 90 mil measures unlimited 90 mil measures which is okay to a point um because there was quite a group of us that that went and what we found was we actually spent very little time together because you'd get your 90 mil you'd be almost finishing it and then you'd be going back to get another one and consequently that where we were stood there was always people shooting off to refill their beers and there was no real option to buy a bigger measure or have a bigger measure of beer so why there was some incredible beers on offer and and i had some real standout beers um i i would have liked an option to have bought more than 90 mils uh, i think because it was um kind of had to keep going back to feel as i was getting my money's worth so almost. you want a larger beer to have a conversation over uh, yeah um but that being said that it was in a very small space with a dj playing um banging beats i, <laughs> I think that the kids call them these days um but we'll i think we'll come on to that a little bit later on in, sure. in tonight's show um but just in terms of the beers just a couple of standouts that i wanted to mention um thornbridge and wild beer collaboration tart um which was really nice a bake called sour um, so a nice play on the name Bakewell Tart. That was that was a really good example of a, a, a good English sour beer. Um, Beavertown had their Bone King on, but it was a barrel-aged version. So this was a barrel-aged IPA, which is something I haven't come across before. And it was it blew me away. It was absolutely incredible. Again, everything I want from a IPA, IPA in terms of all the hops and the, the, the big, bold profiles. But then there was this barrel-aging element in the background that worked really well. Um, and then probably one of the standouts was the double milk chocolate caramel stout from Omnipolo, which Ooh. was like drinking liquid chocolate milk caramel stout <laughs> milkshake it was amazing um and then uh oh buxton's battle axe which was a combination of axe edge and battle horse two of my favorite beers uh kind of that had been blended together in the barrel and then a beer that we'll be doing later on in this series buxton's yellow belly but this was a sunday version of it so it was a barrel aged version of their yellow belly peanut butter biscuit imperial stout uh, which again just absolutely blew my so, so some really amazing beers on on offer at that festival um and an interesting experience not not sure it's one that i'll rush to go back to again um but i, I again as with most of these things it's, it's the company you keep when you go to them and i was with a group good group of people and we all had a pretty good time so um that was probably my midsummer highlight and then um, my, my final summer highlight was um, in, in direct contrast to the London Craft Beer Festival was going to my localist beer festival, the Whittam Beer Festival, um, which was at Whittam um, Cricket and Hockey Club. And it was just a great evening where we sat in a marquee in a field drinking gravity pulled cask owls from around Essex and Suffolk and just enjoying the beer and company and not overanalyzing every single sip um <laughs> i've got to say i came out of there and i was absolutely rotten though um <laughs> so there's a long time since I've, I've had that many pints of cask beer in, inside of me but I, I just really enjoyed just the laid-back feel of it mm. yeah it's good to drink out the bubble outside of the bubble sometimes isn't it oh absolutely yeah, yeah it, it was fantastic it was really good um 
Well, before we get to, to the news, mate, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you've got news after such a long break. Shall we get into the... <laughs> because we have two beers to get through, so we get into the kutch. Let's let's dive into a kutch, <laughs> yes. Great. I love this name. So this is Tiny Rebels Kutch. It is a Welsh red ale, 4.6%. Champion beer of Britain. Now, I'd never heard of this beer before you told me we were doing it <laughs> and that it had won this i assume prestigious award at gbbf well it was it was a beer that was actually close to appearing on 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 last season um when we did our six nations um but uh, at the say of sparky Wright, who who i know is a regular listener to the show he suggested that we we did the wayans pamplemousse um mm-hmm. so that that kind of went in and, and this came out and then obviously over the summer at the the great british beer festival this was announced um to some surprise i think from many quarters the the champion beer of britain um so at the time it was still available on on a number of websites so it was a very late addition to the season eight beer list um but i thought what a way to to kick off what's going to be our biggest season yet um with the champion beer of britain yeah, and you can get this from Ales by Mail, so uh, check that out. I assume you can still get it. Let me double check. Just I'm giving up-to-date information. Yes. I it... think Tiny, Tiny Rebel have done quite well to meet demand on this one. Um, It's not in stock at Ales by Mail at the moment. But uh, get in touch with them and they'll let you know when it's back in stock. And of course, we've got our discount code for them, which we'll get to later on in the show as well. So, get pause. Nice effervescence coming through. Nice and bubbly. Nice coppery colour. Decent size yeah. head on it as well. Pretty really nice head on it. Yeah. yeah. It's got a good nose on it as, as well. It there's um, pine, there's some fruit coming out of that, some dark fruits. A little bit of earthiness towards the end on the aroma. Hmm. I'm looking forward to this, mate. Yeah. How about we get into it and then we can start the news. Let's get. Let's let, let's do it. All right. Cheers, pal. Cheers. <laughs> That's really pleasant. Um, it's a lovely sweetness on that. It, it's it's sweet. It's it's really soft. The flavours very well balanced in there. Um, and a very easy finish on it mm. as as well. Um, and a muted bitterness that kind of rises up as as your palate dries off. Yeah, it's not it's not overly bitter in no. in any way. Um, yeah, decent first sip. Um, yeah. I look forward to just let let's let's just let that sit a little bit while we uh, <laughs> crack through the news, shall we? Because you need your post holiday pips. I need some post holiday pippage. Beep 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 beep. Okay, so obviously there's been loads of news while we've been away. So what I've had to do is try and whittle it down to four pieces of news. Um, so the, the the lead story, I suppose, is to do with the beer that we're drinking right now. And, and that's that um, Tiny Rebel Kutch won the Champion Beer of Britain at the Great British Beer Festival. And as a result, 
it means that um, Tiny Rebel are obviously now thrust into the to, to national spotlight. I mean, it, not that they weren't anyway. They've been producing very, very good beers for um, a couple of years now. But um, this has given them recognition that will really help them to grow as a brewery. So they're, they're looking at um, expanding their brewery, um, starting more pubs in Wales. Um, and obviously what they want to do is, is try and get more of their beers out to, to, to people around the country. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's not really too much else we can say about the, the, the beer that we'll, we won't talk about as we're reviewing it, but um, great that um, what many would consider as a craft brewery actually got recognised by camera for the uh, the Champion Beer of Britain. So well yeah. done to, to Tiny Rebel well for, for that. Um, next up on the news, um, some Brighton news. So um, we visited Brighton a few months back on, on our crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to uh, a brew pub called North Lane in Brighton. Um, they are running a new campaign called Hashtag Brewed in Brighton. Um, so it's a program of events running from now well into 2016, um, including Meet the Brewers. They're doing their own version of a Oktoberfest, they're doing pop-up record shops, music weekenders, there's loads of stuff going on um, around this festival. Um, Sadly, this piece of news that I found doesn't include where you can find more information. So I'm guessing if you just search the hashtag Brewed in Brighton on Twitter, you'll find news of events, or you can just look up North Lane Brew House, and I'm sure they'll have an events page on their website. Uh, the Rainbow Project is something that we spoke about before. Um, seven UK brewers paired with seven US brewers, all brewing beers of different colours and styles and flavours and all sorts. Um, there are a number of events that have been announced while we've been off that are going to happen, uh, and these will be next weekend. So this is weekend of the 19th of September. So there will be an event at Beaver Town's Tap Room. There'll be one at Buxton Brewery Tap House. There'll be one at the Magic Rock Tap. I believe Siren are also hosting something, as is the Hanging Bats in Edinburgh. So, um, again, if you visit Siren's website for this one, so sirencraftbrew.com, look for the Rainbow Project. All the details are on there. You will be able to buy a limited edition case of all seven beers with a unique glass um, after next weekend. Uh, If it's anything like last year, those cases will go quickly. And then finally for for the news, um, it's all about the beer jam. Um, the Pot Liquor Kitchen range is expected to launch in the UK early next year, containing only beer, sugar and a citrus fruit extract. Um, so this is the world's first jam made purely from beer and comes in eight flavours, including owl, IPA, oatmeal stout and porter. And have got only um, beer, sugar, pectin and a citrus fruit extract used as a gelling agent. So these are going to be 450ml jars containing um, around 225ml of beer, but the alcohol is removed during the cooking process. They'll retail for around £4.50, um, and the company that make them also make other flavours of jellies and jams, including wine, coffee, apple and carrot cake. Um, so that's um, a bit of a... Uh, mixed bag of news for our return, <laughs> but like I say, trying to sift through eight weeks' worth of news to bring stories that you want to hear uh, was a tough job. Indeedy. Okay, so great, that's our first bit of news for the season. A lot more to come, I'm sure. But we've still got our first beer to get through tonight, mate, and that second beer is in a big bloody bottle, so... <laughs> 
let's have a little bit of a chat. You've almost finished yours. Uh, I didn't pour the whole bottle. Oh, did you um, not? I poured no. all of mine. I, I was just going to top it up a little bit now, actually. I wanted to get a bit of a taste. I wanted to let a little bit sit in the bottle. Um, and then I just wanted to, to bring it together a little bit. Now, I was wondering how a beer like this, without obviously without having tasted it, could have done so well at a place like GBBF. But tasting it, it's got those real real ale characteristics that we know those drinkers would love. You know, lovely malt profile on there. Very subtle hops, subtle bitterness coming through. Out of the bottle, it's got great, great clarity on it. It's, it's a great tasting beer. It's got lovely sweetness to it. It's got that residual bitterness that we mentioned before, but without being too bitter. How are you finding it? I'm I'm really enjoying it actually. In anticipation of you saying something like that, I'd actually done a little bit of research in terms of how how does a beer become the ch- the champion beer of Bitterson. <laughs> so basically, what will happen is that the, the beer will get nominated at its its local regional camera um, festival or awards for the style that it is. Um, it will win that award or it will do well to that award and they will then get put forward to the the national champion beer of britain awards which are then judged at the great british beer festival um and then based on it it's all blind tasting as as well so based on flavors and and what the judges are enjoying um that's how it goes from kind of the the, the, the welsh valleys to becoming champion beer of britain um, it's it's not necessarily about what the people at the festival were drinking. It's about what the judges thought in the in the blind tasting. Right. Um, yeah. Well, I, I was thinking more like, rather than GBF, like camera as a you know that real ale audience. I can see them going yeah. for this beer. Uh, absolutely. I mean, and, and and I can imagine this. Um, obviously, you know, the, the the Great British Beer Festival is renowned for featuring cask beers. This this would be fantastic on cask. Um, mm. I think it would just bring a a completely different edge to it. It would maybe make it even more smooth than it than it is now. Um, it's it is it's it's kind of the sort of beer that you would expect to win the the, the Great British Beer Festival yeah. in terms of colour, um, but certainly in terms of the flavour profile, that the, the flavours in there are just are just really really strong. I mean, there's there's some citrus, there's there's some tropical fruits going on in there, and and then you've got that caramel maltiness in the background that that really comes through to a nice easy bitter finish. Mm. Um, it's just so well balanced. Yeah, it's just. Lovely and soft up front with tongue tip sweetness and a bit of bitterness lying at the back. Just, just a lovely pint, really. It is, and it's it's clearly having the intended effect because um, "kutch" in in Welsh actually means cuddle, and and oh. that's what the uh, that that's it's brewed to have that sort of effect on the drinker. So c- clearly, you're enjoying your kutch, um, and you're <laughs> you're enjoying the effect that it's it's having on you, mate. Yeah, I, I always like a cuddle. <laughs> That's for sure. Now we have, do we have a little bit of a, a a listener segment, mate? We we do just because um, there's been uh, quite some listener involvement over the summer. So first of all, um, wanted to say thank you to the listeners for bearing with us over the summer and the series of summer specials that we put out. It was a an extended break that we were on this summer. Um, shows coming out fairly intermittently. Um, so thanks to everyone for sticking with those and, and for the, giving us the th- feedback that you did give us. And particularly around our final summer, summer special that we recorded live at Hot Burns and Black, people seem to really enjoy that. And um, if you didn't did enjoy that and you are based in London, we are going to be doing more of those um, and we'll be releasing details of the next one in 
the next few weeks as well. So keep your eyes out for that. Um, the, the next thing that I just wanted to mention was that we, we have been nominated for the UK Podcast of the Year um, Award, which did come as quite a surprise to, to both of us, at, actually, um, when we, we, we knew we had put ourselves forward in, in this for this event um but we thought yeah we we might get something in category we might get a nomination in in the category and then the uh the, the shortlist came out and there we were in in the shortlist for the uk podcast of the year so um a big thank you to all of our listeners that firstly nominated us um for that but then secondly have also voted for us um for that award and and those those awards are actually um this coming weekend so we'll have uh, news on next week's show as to, to how we fared in in that particular um event um, and then finally just um uh, a thank you to all of those people that filled out our listener survey that we was running over the summer uh, and in particular the three people that won the uh, bottles of beer that we randomly selected so alex clark um, at Alex53HHP, Steve Barlow at Rio Barlow, and Gareth Langston at Kolu Leeds. Um, you guys all win yourself a bottle each of Brewdog's last releases. Um, but also one more mention that I do want to want to give. Um, one of the first three people that we chose randomly um, got in touch and... Um, I'm going to read the email because it's it's such a, such a great email. Um, Hi, Steve. This is amazing news, and it's great that I won this prize. Problem is, I live in Canada and would hate to imagine the price and problems of sending beer here. So, sadly, I feel I must say, pick another lucky person. This is with a heavy heart and hard to type, as I would love to try this beer. On the off chance that it can be done, here in my details. Um, John Day, you can find him on Twitter at John Peps Day. Um, really sorry we couldn't send the beers to you, mate. Um, but thanks for listening to us um, from all the way in Canada, and thanks for getting involved in our listener survey. Um, so yeah, it was just a, an opportunity for us, mate, to really thank our listeners for for sticking with us over what has been quite a big summer for us. Indeed, and John, if you ever find yourself in London, not London, Ontario, but London, UK, let us know. <laughs> we'll meet up and have a beer with you. It's a thank you. No, that was great. Okay, any final words on the coach? Um, n- nothing that I've not already said. It's uh, it, it's it's an enjoyable pint. It's just, it's easily a sessionable beer. Yeah. At, at the percentage it comes in at, um, lovely example of a red ale. Um, you know, fruits up front, creamy malt, caramel at the back end. Ev- everything you want in in this sort of beer. Yep. Indeed, I agree. So let's get into our next beer, which is a huge... Is this what they call a bomber bottle, or is it just a big fuck-off bottle? Um, uh, this is bigger than a bomber bottle. This is this is actually a wine bottle. Um, oh, right. 750 mils, so um, bombers are 660 mil. Ah, okay. So this is from Brew by Numbers. It's 1402. It's a triple Waiiti. Now I don't know if that's the name of the beer or if that's just that's the hop that's used in it, or one of them anyway. Um, an aromatic hop, one of the new hops fresh to the table, as um, as the hops list likes to say. Uh, right, a triple. It's, it's, it's nice to start the season with a triple or a triple. It, it, or it is. It? And and this was um. This was a beer that, that the Brew by Numbers were very um, keen on us 
to, to feature on the show. So so the guys got in touch and, and said they'd like to be part of this season um, and suggested this beer for us. Um, they gave us the beer, so, so thanks to, to, to Chris and the guys at Brew Bombers for not just the beer, but for the wonderful glasses uh, as well that yeah. they gave us to, to enjoy the beer from. Which my wife um, is using as a Coke glass because she loves how heavy it is. On the base. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, yes, anyway. Um, so, so yeah, uh, and a beer that is um, exclusively available from, from Ebria. So, so the only place you can get the bottled version of this is from Ebria or from Brew by Numbers the, the, themselves, from their Railway Arch. Um, and we've also got uh, an interview coming up at the end of the show with Tom from Brew by Numbers that tells us all about how the brewery started, about where the inspiration came from for this beer and about what's coming up next for, for Brew by Numbers. So make sure you stay tuned at the end of the show for that. Indeedy, and straight out of the bottle, this beer is bubbly as fuck. Oh yeah, it's it is really really lively. Um, I've poured a massive head on on mine, but it's a lovely, great big white fluffy head. You've trumped me with the head on your glass. Mine there. is currently about eight fingers, but I'll let that settle down a bit. Your mouse first mouthful is going to be all foam. Yeah, right? it's settling down slowly. It's got a lovely, lovely thick lemon juice look to it, in at least in mine. Yours looks a bit darker, but it might just be the light in your room that I can see via the camera. Yeah, it's um kind of a it's it's a bit of orange sort of light amber color on oh, on it. Mine's really straw colored. How peculiar! Very. Well, I mean, they they, they were, came from the same batch. They were both given to us yeah. at the at the same time. So uh, I'm going to try and fight my way through this foam because I don't want to wait until it's settled down. So what okay. are you getting on the nose? Uh, the the nose is is absolutely stunning. It's it's all lemon. It's almost like a lemon meringue pie on on the nose. I'm getting lemon, I'm getting a hint of sweetness, some creaminess. There's maybe a maybe a little nod of, of, of Belgian-ness in the background. Um, but then obviously triple is a is a Belgian style, so you would expect that. Yeah. Um But yeah, I mean the, the aroma is just incredibly inviting. Oh fuck it. Let's let's I'm gonna fight through the phone, mate, and see. Okay. <laughs> Get up so, from here. Yeah. Cheers. There are some incredible flavours going on in there. Yeah, there's some... Getting some lovely flavours from from the yeastiness. I mean, obviously, you're getting that kind of continental flavour through. But it's very light. It's not overbearing like some Belgian styles can be. I think I think there's just nods to, to to the Belgian style in the background. Um, I mean, I'm not being overpowered with that that Belgian yeast. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is it's also a beer. It says on the label that it's been lagered for six weeks as well. So that that would probably help him with the um, effervescence that we're getting off of it, the the feel of it in the mouth, the crispness that we're getting from it. Um, for me, it's just that that kind of lemon meringue pie is coming through in the flavour a little bit. You get a big hit of, of, of lemon up front. 
the citrus just whirls around in the mouth and then it just finishes on this incredibly crisp finish hardly any bitterness in there whatsoever yeah the label also says it has a lemon zest in it and you can kind of pick that up in the flavors as well but it has very slight yeast profile to it kind of like a, a lovely sourness coming through mm-hmm. um, very but it's so light it's just you can imagine this flavoring like you said before a lemon meringue pie you're getting the aromas off that off the off the head when you were smelling it earlier but i can imagine this wrapped in pastry <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely yeah and again it's it hides its ABV incredibly well. Now, this is a beer. It's eight and a half percent. Yeah. Um, I'm not getting that from it at <laughs> all. Um, I imagine by the time I've worked my way through a 750 mil bottle, I might be feeling it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But certainly up front, you don't get that big booziness from it. It's very well hidden, very well balanced in the beer. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'll tell you now. I'm finishing this bottle tonight. Same here. Yeah. There's there's no way any of that is going to waste. It's just um, it's absolutely incredible. I just love how it. It obviously has that Belgian yeast, kind of standing up in the middle of it, but it's not overbearing. The sourness really calms everything down. Those lemon flavors coming in. Um. Very faint wheatness coming through as well. It's just. I mean, it's just a lovely drinkable beer. It it is. I mean, again, brew brew by numbers are one of these breweries that um, do produce consistently good beer, and you know we're not just saying that because obviously they that they've given this beer tonight. I've had quite a lot. I, I actually surprised myself when I was looking through um, my untapped check-ins on, on brew by numbers beers, just how many of their beers I've had. Um, considering the the amount of variations of all their beers there are, mm-hmm. and for me they're one of those those breweries that you know you are going to get consistently good beer from, no matter what the style is. It's going to be a good example of that style, and I think again this is just another example of that. It's it's incredibly well um, well produced. It's full of flavour. It's full of character. It's incredibly well balanced, and it's a beer that even sat here on a Monday night recording the, the show is making us want to drink 750 mils of an 8.5% beer. <laughs> Indeed. It's just, oh, it's really nice. It's a great way to start the season off. This and the kutch. Like a combined lemon cuddle. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, while we're finishing this beer off, well, you know, not quite finishing it, we're <laughs> I've still got half my left. Um, but as we're heading towards the end of, obviously, the show, we've got a few things to get through. So, um, Instagram of the week, mate. Do we have a prizeless prize? Of course. We're, we're back. <laughs> we're, we're back with season eight. We're back with the prizeless prize as well. Um, 
I've been keeping up with the amazing pictures that are being posted all summer long, and it's great, again, how many people get involved in the Prize This Prize competition on Instagram. Um, if you want to get involved, all you've got to do is you've got to put a picture on Instagram of whatever beer you're drinking, use the hashtag, cheers, guys, we'll pick it up, and hopefully your picture will catch my eye um, when it comes to, to selecting a winner. So this week's winner is um, from at blue double underscore Zulu for um, this image of a Cantalon Creek, which really just stood out for me. Um, yeah, the colours worked really well. That's up on our Instagram feed. It's in the show notes. Um, check it out and make sure you have a go at entering the competition next week and you too could win your very own great big box of nothing. <laughs> Yeah, and if you want to see what the Instagram of the week is, you don't need to be following us on Instagram. You can go to the website. Every entry is linked from the show notes, and which you should also be able to get to from your iPhone client or whatever you're using to listen to your podcast. So always check them out. Lovely photos coming through. Um, and finally, as, as we're finishing this beer... <laughs> a segment that we still haven't found a way to segue into. <laughs> even it's, yeah, it, it, we still don't know where this belongs, do we? Yeah, that's but obvious. It's hop topic. What's your hop topic for this week, mate? Okay, I mentioned this um, last, uh, not last week. Um, mentioned this earlier on in the show, um, and that was the London Craft Beer Festival fairly enclosed space uh, with a live DJ um, playing quite loud, bassy, thumpy music. Now, um, I'm sure there are a whole world of people that enjoy that sort of thing. And if, if you do, good luck to you. Um, but it's not my sort of thing. Um, and it's particularly not my sort of thing in an enclosed space. And it's particularly not my sort of thing at a beer festival where I like to talk to the friends that I've gone with about the beers that I'm drinking rather than feeling as though I have to shout over a DJ that it seems to be getting increasingly louder and more excited. Mm -hmm. So um, this week's hot topic is um, what's your thoughts on music at beer festivals? I think I've made mine quite clear. Um, <laughs> so I'm quite um, keen to hear what, what you think, mate. Uh, I think much along the side of you, alongside your thoughts. Um, you go to you go to beer festivals to talk to people and to meet people and to talk about. You can probably tell this beer is getting to me already. You go there to meet your friends and talk about the beers that you're drinking. You don't need to have to fight the music, and especially in an enclosed space like you say, we're not there to be at a nightclub. Not the to listen to the DJ. The music should be incidental and giving someone to listen to, as you know, they might just be hanging out by themselves or whatever. Should be background noise. It shouldn't be something that you're fighting against to make yourself heard. With you know, standing less than a foot apart with someone and you're having to shout is just not on. There's enough noise with just everyone else talking to be able to hear what someone's saying to you, rather than having to also combat the music. So keep it down. I mean, just 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 two other examples that I want to give before before we open it up to the listeners is 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 one um, a, a festival that I clearly absolutely love and rave about Indie Man. Um, they have a number of rooms, and one of the rooms has a DJ in it and and has live music in it. And and again, that's that's great because if that's what you want, you can go to that room and mm -hmm. and you can have that experience. But you still have two or three other rooms where you can go to, and you've just got the noise of the crowd, which I quite like at a beer festival. Um, 
And then the other example was, again, in direct contrast to the London Craft Beer Festival, I mentioned that I went to the, 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 the local festival at Whitton Hockey and Cricket Club. They had a live singer. Um, now, we were sat next to the stage, but we were still able to have a conversation over the live singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just think it's a, it's a case of balancing the space that you've got with the type of music you're offering. If you're going to do it, fine. Um, but as I say, for me, it's it's not a must for beer festivals. So I'm, I'm keen to, to know what the listeners think. So um, if you want to get involved, use the hashtag hot topic and let us know your thoughts on music at beer festivals. We'd also appreciate your thoughts on where this segment sits in the show. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Stitcher or on your podcast client of choice. And also to our newsletter where we will email you once or twice a week, depending on how many episodes we're putting out. And we'll only ever email you when there's a new show out for your listening pleasure. So you can go to the website, which is beerclockshow.co.uk, and you'll find the details there on how to subscribe to the newsletter. Right, mate, I think... Any final thoughts on um, 1402 from BBNO? Um... Not a lot I can add that I've already said. I mean, even as it's um, been airing in the glass and it's warming in the glass a little bit, a little bit, there's still those big lemony flavours in there. Um, it's still like drinking a lemon meringue pie, as, yeah. as, as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's got a lovely finish to it. Um, it's just a really enjoyable beer. I, I would say give this one a go. Um, if it's one that you see on anywhere or you feel inclined to to buy it from from a website give it a go um i don't think you'll be disappointed with this one it's an excellent example of how to use and i'm pretty sure it is just the single hop um in this it's just the y y e t hop um a single hop triple with the addition of some lemon zest absolutely fantastic stunning stunning beer indeed as mine's warming up in the glass it's getting a little bit more body but it's keeping that lovely hint of belgian hint of lemon all coming together in a nice smooth far too drinkable eight and something percent beer it's just dangerous especially with a with a buying bottle size serving to get very there. dangerous yes <laughs> uh but yeah like steve said go check it out and if it's on treat yourself um, don't forget, you can get your beers from Ales by Mail, Beautiful Beers and Ebria, who all now offer a 10% discount to Beer O'Clock Show listeners on any beers from their websites. Check out all the details on our beer list page. Actually, it's not the beer list page anymore, is it? No, we've changed it again. No. It's, it's back to being the Season 8 beer oh, list, I think. <laughs> you keep changing it around me. Go to the Season 8 beer list page on the website and you can get the discount codes there. They're at the bottom. Look for the logos you get the links through to their stores and the discount codes are actually on our page. Make sure you just get those. What's coming up next week, mate? Um, we've got another award-winning beer on, on next week's show. Um, it, this is the beer that won the recent uh, Britain's 100 Hottest Beers, um, Wylam's Jakehead IPA. Um, and if that wasn't enough, we've also got our number one fan, Miles Lambert, joining hey. us for the review um, because Wylam are a brewery that are quite close to Miles' heart. Um, they're not far from where he lives um, and he's always been a massive 
massive advocate of uh, Wylam and their Jakehead IPA. So um, it will be great to welcome Miles to the show. Indeedy. Uh, don't forget to listen all the way after the tinkly tinkly music at the end of the show with our interview or with Steve's interview with Tom from Brew by Numbers. You can find us online at beeroclockshow.co.uk on Twitter at beeroclockshow on Instagram at beeroclockshow. Steve's on Untapped at beer show Steve. I'm there at beer show Mark. I think that's all. I don't think I've forgotten anything. It's been no. a while. No, but we should probably say that as you're looking for those, you're actually looking for a slightly different beer o'clock show now. Yeah. Um, because we are, uh, as of tonight, sporting our new clothes, as as one would say. We have a brand new logo. Indeed. Gone is the sunburst. Now we've got lovely new branding. It should be showing up on your iTunes client already. It'll be on Twitter. It'll be everywhere else. So just a, a thank you to Paul Young, who can be found on Twitter at Mr. Artiste for designing that for us because he did do it in return for a box of beer. Um, so thank you very much, Paul, for our lovely new shiny clothes. And an absolutely stunning hand-drawn logo it is. We are very pleased. <laughs> right, until next time, mate. It's been the highlight of my week. And mine. Bye-bye. beer o'clock and we're at the centre of the beer capital for another Behind the Beer with Tom from Brew by Numbers. Tom, welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for coming down. Um, Tom, you're one of the, the, the founders, the co-owner, brewer uh, here at Brew by Numbers um, and this week we've been featuring um, one of your beers, quite a special beer, uh, it's the 1402 Waiiti Triple. Um, yes. Where did the inspiration for this beer come from? Um, well, it started with the, the first version, so which is 1401. Um, which is made with mosaic hops. Um, a little while ago, Dave and I made a trip to Belgium, and um, one of the standout beers at the time was um, the Duval Triple Hop series. And um, that year, they've done many different versions of them with uh, Sriracha, Citra, Syrian Goldings. Um, but that one was with mosaic. And I think that beer just really spoke to us, and you know, we, we really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, you know, we took quite a lot away and thought, let's try and do our own interpretation of it. Um, so yeah, we decided to um, use mosaic hops uh, as a finishing hop. Um, we used a different, I think they used um, Syrian Goldings in the boil. Um, we used SARS or something like that. So we stayed fairly, the, the recipe stayed fairly similar. Um, we used our house yeast. Um, yeah, and this is the, the Whitey one's the second version of that. So another hop that we're really into at the moment, uh, another New Zealand hop that we really love, uh, Whitey, get a lovely sort of lemon um, character from it. Um, it's very sort of low pine as well, um, big, yeah, big sort of lemony flavour. Um, so yeah, it worked really well um, with, the, with the yeast. Um, and as, it's, as Chris was saying earlier, as it's um, ageing, it's really changing and you're starting to get a lovely fusion of the, the yeast and the hops together. Okay, you say this is the, the, the 1402, there was a 1401. Tell us about the numbering system. How, how does it work? Because it's, it's all about the numbers for you guys, isn't it? Um, how did you come up with that system of, uh, of designing and labelling your beers? Um, well, it started from uh, homebrew days. Um, we were basically taking or making relatively simple beers, uh, such as a Saison. Um, normally that would get a guile number. Um, 
in, in the series. That, that became, that evolved into the style number. And then what we'd do is we'd take, to make something that's more originally ours, um, we would take the single batch and we'd split it several different ways and we'd do different things to it. Um, so we might use different yeast, uh, we might use, do different uh, hops, different dry hopping. Um, and then the idea being is that we'd take the best one of those and we'd, we'd do that one again and we'd split it and we'd do different things to it. So if you think of it like there's branches on a tree, you start from a fairly central point and hopefully you kind of move out onto one of the branches with something that's more original, more interesting. Um, and so it kind of, it was born out of that. So the second set of numbers became the recipe number and the first set became the style. Um, we've released over 90 different beers so far, so it's been sort of really good way of categorizing everything um, to keep track and it's just very easy for us to um, create something new without having to sort of redesign a label or anything it gives us a lot more freedom to you know, experiment and, and express um, the beers that we'd, we'd like to make here mm -hmm. and would you say you had such a thing as a as a core range of, of beers or are you constantly looking to try new variations and to, to, to innovate on styles um, well, certain numbers seem to stick. Um, either we really like them or um, they go down really well or people say nice things about them. So we tend to try and repeat those. Other ones we may revisit um, just to maybe we, we feel that we didn't quite do it justice the first time. We want to try it again. Um, but yeah, we, we like uh, continually doing new things. Um, and it's something I think um, sort of pioneered by the Colonel and other brewers like that where they'll just release a pale ale but they'll change the hopping. Um, for the customer, um, generally they want sort of consistency and they want you to do the same same version over and over again. Um, but obviously that can sort of turn it into more of a factory uh, process. And we want to use different hops and try new things out. We want people to try new things as well. Um, so I think initially there's a little bit of resistance to that, um, but now people sort of embrace that the fact that we will have a style. Um, always in stock so saison or session ipa and then within that um they've got lots of uh, you know choices um or yeah, newer versions that they can they can try um so yeah it's really important and also it's sometimes it's very hard to get hold of the hops again so uh one of the beers nelson Sovan, uh, one of our favorite hops from new zealand that's becoming really hard to get hold of so um yeah it's uh, it's a shame we'd love to do more beers involving that hop but um yeah we've had to sort of move away from that and, and try with new things um, but yeah that's, <laughs> that's part of the reason for it um, definitely okay and I said at the, the the outset that you're one of the co-founders co-owner you, you, you brew a little bit here G give us the, the, the history of, of brew by numbers how, how did you how did you start how did you get involved in brewing and what what was the decision that took you to become a commercial brewer Sure. Um, well, Dave and I met a long time ago whilst we were travelling Southeast Asia on a climbing tour. Um, both yeah, became really good friends um, and kept in touch. I came back, Dave spent another couple more years. And um, whilst, whilst I was back, I moved to London um, from my home of uh, Herefordshire. And uh, I was yeah, doing freelance um, sound work, uh, which paid me reasonably well and gave me a lot of free time. So. Um, what I would do is I'd spend, I was starting to get into brewing through um, uh, well, a friend that worked at a small brewery down the road called the Colonel, and uh, they've grown a little bit since. But um, he, Toby, started bringing around these these beers, and I was blown away by the um, the ingredients, um, the 
fairly simple ingredients, um, but the amazing flavours, spectrum of flavours they're getting from the, the New World hops and things. Um, so I was really getting into it there. On the other side of the world, New Zealand, Dave was sort of experiencing the same thing, because um, craft was sort of, craft beers a little bit more established over there a bit sooner. And so um, when Dave came back, we, we had a good chat about it, and um, I had a bit of uh, tax money. I didn't need to pay until January. so. Um, yeah, we invested, we spent it on brewing stuff and started making beer in a basement where I, I lived and worked. And um, yeah, we just grew it from there, really. Um, we, we always had the intention that we wanted to make a, make a brewery. Um, that was sort of the goal. And um, so we started that in, um, yeah, summer 2011. Dave had done a, a small amount of home brewing before, but I hadn't really done anything. And um, yeah, I spent a lot of time, I uh, spent a lot of time researching um, hanging out at places like the Colonel, asking them loads of annoying questions and um, enthusiastically rinsing bottles and things like that, just helping any way we could. Um, and uh, yeah, just um, private research and experimentation really, um, and really just pushing it, pushing each other to get there and to um, you know get out of the basement and move into a railway arch and things. And so it was, um, yeah, we did, we did push it a bit. Um, but you know, sort of fairly young still. We can we can take it. Um, so that that was the that's how it was formed. We started selling 80 litre batches when we were in the basement, um, which isn't really profitable in any way. But it basically um, allowed uh, our beers to get out there and to test it in the marketplace. Um, it also makes it a bit easier when you go to a bank and um, sort of saying, oh, "I've got some homebrew. My friends say it's really good. Can I have some money, please?" Which, um, yeah, they'll get a similar response, they'll laugh and um, tell you to go away. If, you, if they want to see a product, they want to see something that, um, yeah, people, uh, you know, there's, they want to see demand in the marketplace for it and things. So, really important way to go about it and also put us in a better position when we we're sort of securing um, money for uh, to move into the railway arch. So, so where, do you, um, where do you find the inspiration for the new beers? Um, do, you, do you find yourself waking up in the middle of the night with an idea or...? Is it over the course of time, something else you've tried, discussions you have? Where do you, where do you keep coming up with the new variants on the, on the styles? Um, well, initially, I think as um, guys at Brewdog and guys at the Colonel, um, the other sort of pioneers in this country, guys at Magic What We're Doing, they're probably looking, looking to the States for inspiration um, and uh, bringing back you know, the pale ales, things like that, the IPAs. Um, do, doing their own interpretations of them again and so when we sort of started we were starting to see that um, American breweries were drawing inspiration from Belgium and doing their own versions of that so for, st for us that's part of the reason why Saison became number one in our catalogue and we wanted to do something a bit different we didn't really want to do um, typical sort of core range um, so um, yeah, that was the inspiration behind that but now it's sort of become quite a collaborative thing um, we, we like working with um, people outside of the brewing um, industry to sort of to get other other inspiration, um, you know, whether it be uh, restaurateurs or you know winemakers or whoever really. Um, but yeah, again, from drinking other beers and thinking about them, thinking maybe how uh, we could potentially do our own interpretation of it or what we what we might like to change about it. Um, we're looking at getting our pilot kit up and running again soon, so hopefully we can. That basically means we can be a lot more experimental without risking 2,000 litres of beer, um, only 100 litres, um, which, you know, that's, that's kind of important that we have that creative freedom. And again, it's, it's good that um, our staff are involved in it and can 
have some creative freedom so it feels like they have more of an input into the company um, so yeah at the moment it's pretty collaborative but um, you know see we'll see how it goes um, always thinking of new things we want to do always trying new beers and yeah. like oh, I really want to do something along those lines um, there are a few constraints with the uh, timing I mean the triple um, requires uh, six weeks lagering so that takes up quite a lot of tank time which is unfortunately the reason why we can't do it all the time because <laughs> we'd love to have it more um, so yeah things like that um, uh, a while back you got some investment from Brewdog what, yep. what did that enable you to, to do as a brewery um, well it's it was very helpful at the time because um, our parents and families were uh, you know they were kind of interested in the idea of us making a brewery but I don't think they really um, without the investment from Brewdog it didn't really give them the confidence to think that oh actually yeah they have got something here um, so I mean that was very important and I think that really helped as well when we went to the bank and asked for money as well so although Brewdog um, they've got a minority share in the business and they, they put in some money um, it wasn't it was less than half of the money that we got uh, long since spent it all but um, we still get some help from them like getting hold of hops and some business advice but um, yeah it's actually worked out pretty well um, I think um, for it, that we both knew that for it to work that um, they wouldn't have any sort of real uh, input into exactly what we do um, and I think they knew that if they took too big a chunk it would probably be a disincentive for us to really sort of go out there and push it so it, yeah it's, it's working well at the moment definitely and, and what's next for brew by numbers um, we're growing um, we're always sort of expanding um, just really making sure that the quality of everything's good and if it isn't it doesn't get released um, so I think it's becoming more and more important now that um, breweries are sort of um, yeah really sort of making sure that everything's top quality that they put out um, and uh, yeah we've, we've got um, we're looking at ordering a bottling line soon and um, some more 40 hack tanks which means we can double brew into them um, that should hopefully hoping to get everything in by the end of the year which will mean at that point we've got the capacity to do um, 5,000 hectolitres annual production which is the low duty uh, limit whether we'll do that straight away or not I don't know um, but it would just be nice to think that we have the space now um, to grow to that level and at that point um, you know the, the business should become more stable um, and you know Dave and I can go about doing some more collabs with people and you know getting out there a bit more um, but yeah it's just again it's this thing just trying to get um, some stability in the business and just to try and get it running smoothly and um, yeah, that's that's what we're pushing for at the moment. So the the, the fourteen oh two YET triple that we've done this evening yep. is available exclusively from Ebria or at your tap room. Why should people search it out? Um, I think it's a, it's a very interesting beer. Um, it's a new take on a traditional style. Um, I think uh, yeah, it really fuses together well. Um, a new world hops um, and uh, yeah, Belgian Belgian yeast. Um, and yeah, I think it's for people wanting something new. I think the triple is a style, it's very varied. Um, there's a lot of it, there's a lot of not massively exciting ones out there. So um, hopefully it'll be an interesting beer for people to try and something, something quite different that they may have experienced before. Okay, Tom, and where can people find out more about Brew by Numbers? Um, we have a website, brewbynumbers.com. Um, we're trying to keep as much information on there as possible. Um, 
has a catalogue with all of our uh, beers on and there's also a link to the shop where they, people can buy things. Um, but yeah, it gives you a lot more information about the styles of beer that we've done um, and their numbers and uh, you know our reasoning for it and a bit of description about a bit of background about each style as well. Okay, great stuff. Thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. We've really enjoyed tonight's beer. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thank Cheers. you.